another narrative that this movie pushes is like, oh, as adults, we've forgotten how to play, and we've forgotten how to have fun, and we've forgotten how to imagine. Yeah, like we could probably loosen up a little bit, <laughs> but don't make me feel guilty for paying bills. <laughs> like, I'm here trying to hold it down, yeah. and you're like, you don't play enough. I'm like, I don't have time to play enough. Just like, go play with your teddy bear, Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you mean you don't climb trees? <laughs> yeah. No, I have a job. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Real Talk, the show where we get real about everything from current events to culture to faith. This is Isaac, and I am number one of three people. <laughs> number, I'm, I'm You're one number of three one. people. I'm number what? one. I thought you were going to self-deprecate there and say, like, I'm number three No, I went for one. People. Yeah. Good for I you. own it, man. One of the three amazing people in this room. I'm joined by Anson and Kara. Hello. And guys, we're talking about movies today. Woo-hoo. Yes. Yes. I kind of feel like it's maybe time for something a little bit lighter. Yes. Yeah. Something kind of fun. I'm so stoked about this episode, you guys. We all have movies that we love, that we need other people to see, and we all have movies that we just never understood why mm-hmm. they got popular in the first place. Yeah. Gonna make some people mad on this episode. <laughs> this is the episode where we alienate a good portion of our listener audience, and I'm ready for it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think we got a shameless plug though, really quick, right? Yes, we do, and I believe it's yours. Ah, let's go. Okay, so we just revamped the Wake Up with Isaac podcast. So previously, it was a quick five minute or less informational podcast for every weekday, but we have condensed it, we have mashed it all together. <laughs> into a podcast that actually is available now. The first episode, you can check it out. Mm-hmm. We're calling it Weekend Catch-Up with uh, Isaac. I still love that name. Catch-Up <laughs> You can dip your fries in it. It's great. Um, but basically, it's a little bit longer, and it's going to be kind of a what you missed this week, making sure you're in the know about news, pop culture, everything that I think is interesting, which I hope you think is interesting. <laughs> oh, we do. Everything that, that you think is interesting, I think is interesting when it's, you talk about it. It's right true. On, because you're hilarious. Yes. So I'm very much looking forward to, as you said, dipping my fries into the <laughs> weekend ketchup. Yes. <laughs> Check Sounds it out. really creepy. First episode is available now. It's a work in progress, but you can get in on listening right now. All right, let's talk about what we're into this week. I'm going first this week. And if you could go back in time and tell somewhat younger Anson, maybe even from just a few months ago, that I would talk about being into this on the podcast, I would have thought you were crazy. Okay. <laughs> I never would have imagined uttering the words in earnest that I'm about to utter right now. I'm, I'm excited. Nervous. Yeah. What I am into is running. What? As in, I am currently enjoying running. Oh my gosh. Words, honestly, that I never thought I would say. He's gone to the dark side, Isaac. Yeah, I I don't like you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Last Sunday night, it was about 10 o'clock at night. I went for an eight mile run. What? And really enjoyed myself. Dude. And I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> now you're just showing because off. I, it's weird. I don't. I'm, okay. I've always hated running. Yeah. Never, never loved running. Even when I ran some in the past, a few years ago, I kind of did some running because I was like, I need to get sure. into shape. I need yeah, to exercise yeah. and just never enjoyed it. Wow. It was not something that I had much fun with. I'd get up early in the morning, go for a run, hate it the whole entire time. 
<laughs> and then try to do it again a couple of days later before yeah. I eventually fell off the wagon. Right. And so I kind of decided earlier this summer, I really needed to try to get uh, into an exercise rhythm again. And so for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to go back to running again. Yeah. I think the reason I'm kind of attracted to it at some level is just because it's easy. Mm, I can walk sure. straight out the front door and start. Yeah. And then I end up back at my front door. Oh. I don't have to go to a gym where there's lots of other people sure. running. I feel like you kind of get in your own little world. And this time, I think one of the big things that I did differently is I started running not in the morning, which was a huge oh. difference because I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And yeah. so I've been running late at night. And if anything, that kind of helps with the introvertedness part of it. Yeah. Like I did this run, like I said, last Sunday night. And I saw like one other pedestrian the whole time. There's wow. not that many people out. Sure. And so I kind of like this whole late night running thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's become this like really enjoyable experience. Wow. I mean, when I'm running fast, I think uh, fast. I'm, I'm using that in, <laughs> Gotta go rel fast. in relative terms. Okay. I'm not really that fast. For me, it's faster than I used to be able to run. Right. And when I'm doing those like faster runs, I think there's something really inherently motivating for me in like setting a new personal best. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. so competing against myself and setting better times oh. is something that's helping to keep me motivated. And then when I do like kind of the longer, slower runs, I feel like it's actually a really fun time to kind of just let my mind wander and think about things. And yeah. sure. like, I, I don't know, it's kind of like my version of going for like a Sunday drive or something. Oh. Like I'm, I'm just kind of running all around town and, and have I have some time to think and be with myself. And wow. there's something about that that's kind of attractive, too. So, yeah. wow, I'm into running. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what's wrong with me. See, you need to keep running because I think other runners need to take a page from your book of being extremely stoked about what you're doing but not constantly humble bragging. About it. Mm. Like, yes, yeah. you have been showing up to work in nothing but running shorts. all week. <laughs> but you've done it in this really cool way. Like, yeah, you're not fair. constantly like, uh, yeah. I don't know. You I have mean, a sense of superiority. My, my Facebook and Instagram stories have been filled with like, you know, Hey, I just went for an eight mile run. Felt really good. No, but that's motivation. <laughs> like that's, I, I would have been annoyed with that person previously. I don't know. So that's, that's fair. I might be annoying about it. I'm here it. for it. You're glowing up. You're running a lot. Yeah. So I, I'll awesome. just I'll just put out a blanket apology now for my Facebook and Instagram <laughs> humble bags. I'm sorry. You can just ignore them. He's just really really happy. I'm so just many really excited. That's let right. Let yeah. your boy be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's my turn for what I'm into this week, and this is completely random and super fun. My fiance and I have been kind of in the middle of a lot of wedding planning and. Guys, I don't know if you remember, but the wedding planning season, I'm pretty sure I said this last week too. So apologies for the next, you know, six weeks. This is all I'm going to be saying is so many details and I'm so overwhelmed, yeah. but we're doing it together. We can do this. But Saturday we had a big long list of to do's to get through. We stopped at a thrift store really quickly to see if they had something for the wedding that we needed. And we're checking out buying our like 50 cent item. And I look over on the little table behind the cash register and there's this box and on the back of it, it says the words, Mr. Wonderful. Now, some background. One of the nicknames for my fiance that I think my dad actually started this when we first started dating. He called him Mr. Wonderful once because he was doing all these wonderful, sweet things for me. And my dad was like, he's making us look bad. Uh -huh. and <laughs> so he started calling him that. And then I started calling him that. So I walk over, pick up this thing. It's a doll. That's literally like a 12 inch doll. It's a, it's a doll. It's a doll named Mr. Named Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. This is how horror movies start. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it talks. Oh my. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm like, look what I found. So I bring it over and I show it to him and I, you know, it's the, like he presses hand and he says things. And so 
he's we 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 stand there in line and start pressing this doll and all of a sudden we're like oh my gosh like we need this and so we bought the creepy doll because all of his here i'm gonna play some of his phrases oh my god wow <laughs> i think it's really important about our relationship. Okay, so there's all these <laughs> right? There's all these phrases that supposedly it's supposed to be this like tongue in cheek like men would never say that, like all these different things. And I'm like We need to talk there, about our relationship. I know. And I was sitting there and I'm like, well, actually my Mr. Wonderful says some of these things all the time. And so we're literally like riding around town uh-huh. pushing this hand. I know, I'm sorry. See, you know, I'm humble bragging. I'm like, <laughs> this is about what I'm really into this week. It's, you know, the doll is cute and fun, but it's really about the real Mr. Wonderful. Okay, so, so is the doll creepy looking? It, it-, it looks like, here, I'll show you a picture. He, he's very happy. Oh, yeah. Confirmed. Oh, yes. <laughs> looking confirmed. He's very happy, but he no. has, he has. <laughs> Kara shows us this doll no. with like the no, dead eyes no. of a shark. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Don't be hating on my Mr. Wonderful doll now. Come on. This is something spectacular. I, I think the real thing looks significantly That's less true. creepy than the doll. That is Just very, <laughs> very true. But still, it was a really fun, hilarious light moment in the midst of all the wedding crazy. Nice. So when we like get stressed, now we just walk over and like press the little doll's <laughs> hand and we're like, okay. Isaac is not fine. here for he's, any of that. He's not. He's I know. super freaked know. out over he's there. not okay. That's if okay. That, if that shows up at the station, it's fine. <laughs> That's getting punted. I almost brought it today to actually oh. push the hand and do the thing. Gotta, we're yeah. going to have to do something yeah. to Isaac with this doll. <laughs> if you're not like so concerned about its well-being, because yeah. Isaac yeah. may hurt it if we yeah. scare him with okay. it. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What I'm into this week is similar to Anson. I'm trying to find creative ways to just be moving. Um, we work at a radio station and like any office, we're kind of not mobile all day. Mm. Like we sit down for like eight hours. So True. I'm trying to find like little hacks to get moving and get excited about being physically active again. And I've given running a shot. I've given biking a shot. And <laughs> I just can't find something that works Aww. well. So I decided I would go off on a whim and buy myself a new pair of skate shoes and hit up the skate park again. Uh Uh-huh. So I found I wore a Fitbit while I skated and I found, hey, I am getting just as much like fat burn cardio skating a ramp right now that I would running. And I love doing this. Oh, my entire obsession now is kind of getting back into skateboarding. Wow. And by extension of this, Instagram marketing has been pushing All of these backyard build your own ramp kits. Oh Oh my. Okay. So for like 1500 bucks, you can get (laughs) this full kit to where you can build a mini ramp. You have like a half pipe in your backyard, basically. You have a half pipe in your backyard. Oh man. So all I've been doing is like looking at blueprints. I've been like strategically bringing it up to Brie when we talk about (laughs) DIY projects. Yeah. How's that going? You know what? She is actually... (laughs) pretty supportive of it she really doesn't want me to buy a motorcycle oh yeah Ah. so everything that i'm like hey this would be way cheaper than a motorcycle okay and every bad idea that i have (laughs) it's prefaced with instead of getting a motorcycle (laughs) why don't i this bad idea isn't as bad as my other bad idea less bad which makes it a good idea (laughs) but really like what i've been into is trying to get back into skating bowls and skating mini ramps and i've had a blast like the other day i got home and i was clearly like just in this great 
endorphin washed oh, mood. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. So that's kind of my Dude, I am super impressed that yeah. you can skateboard <laughs> Me because too. I have I think I was maybe like 13 or 14 years old and I decided one day I was like I'm going to get a skateboard and learn how to skateboard because yeah, yeah. it was kind of cool at the time. And so I like went to Walmart or something and sure. bought like a cheapo skateboard, brought it home. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I spent like one afternoon trying to like stay on the skateboard as I went yeah. down my driveway. And that's it. And then I was like, this is the stupidest thing that I have ever tried. I'm pretty sure what I had made up in my mind to do, I was like, I'm going to figure out how to do an Ollie. That's yeah. all I want to do is like, yep. fi- and no, never did that. <laughs> never. Never accomplished never. that. Like skateboarding is hard. It is hard. So and I'm impressed. It's not without falling. I'm currently talking through a fat lip that I had from uh, my first like 10 minutes back on the board. Yep. But we're pushing through and we're we're making it happen. Good but for you. I'm going to be building a ramp in my backyard. That's awesome. Hopefully in a couple of years. <laughs> we'll see. All right. It is time for How to Adult, navigating the potholes of adulthood together. I've got something that I'm trying to work on a little bit in my adult life. I could probably use a little bit of help with this because I'm not doing it very successfully. <laughs> okay. okay. And that is going to bed on time. Oh. Now, I know this is a problem when you're like five or maybe 12 <laughs> or even 15, but apparently it's also still a problem that you have when you're 31. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I still have not solved this. It's a real and, thing. and here's kind of what's brought this on to give you just a little bit of context. School has started again. So my daughter, Avi's in first grade. She has to get up about seven o'clock in the morning to go to school. Mm, yeah. And then my daughter Arwen is actually doing some preschool this year. So she has to get up as well on a few days a week. Oh, wow. And my wife has been bearing the brunt of this, having to get up pretty early, <laughs> 7 o'clock to take the kids to school. Mm. Right. Because I go to work a little bit later. So I tend to not get up as early. And the thought is, OK, my wife takes naps in the afternoon to kind of make up for getting up earlier. Yeah. But uh, last night, my wife and I were talking, and she literally said these words to me. (laughs) She said, yesterday morning when I got up at, you know, whatever it was, 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning, and I was looking at you lying in bed, I wanted to physically harm you. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Because you were still... Lying so happily asleep in bed. Ooh, low point. And I was getting up having to take the kids to school. <laughs> when you were at your most vulnerable. So, <laughs> yes, my wife wants to hurt me. That's not good. <laughs> while I'm sleeping. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe I need to do a little bit more to help share the load oh, of getting the kids up in the morning. But the problem is we cannot seem to go to bed at a reasonable time. And this is mm, definitely yeah. hurting my wife, probably much more than it's hurting me Ugh. because we're kind of both night owls. And so our target is like, okay, around midnight, like we need to go to bed, but then we're like, it's 1150 and we're like, Ooh, I'm hungry. I need a snack. And then I like <laughs> go grab a snack. Right. And then we like sit and talk about some stuff while we're brushing uh-huh. our teeth or whatever. And yeah. then by the time we actually like lay down and turn oh the lamp gosh. off, it's like 1230 or 1240 in the uh, morning. Yeah. Y'all not, are like 16 year olds. I don't know how you Yeah. Do that. That's not enough sleep. Do you guys go to bed a lot earlier than that? Yeah. Our target is usually like 10, 30 or 11. Oh my goodness. Like we're, we're out. Oh, okay. I'm like 10 
or earlier if yeah. I really? can, like yeah. 10 sure. or 1030. Now that's weeknights. Weekends is different. But at the same time, we do, um, Brie has this tea that she makes. Oh, we call it the knockout tea. It's good uh. stuff. And it's got kava in it. I don't know if you know what kava I don't even is. know what that is. Karamite. I don't it's, actually. It's like an herb. It's kind of like a valerian root kind of oh. herb that just knocks you out. Okay. That's cool. And we've actually tried to like drink it and then try to stay up late and it doesn't happen. Oh. We wake up and we're like, oh God, what happened? Maybe I need to try something like <laughs> this. That's a good idea. See, I don't know. I don't, do you guys both fall asleep relatively yes. easily? You just lay down. And you go to sleep. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Yeah. Like after a hot shower, oh. I'm, I'm out. Like okay. I was getting sleepy last night at eight o'clock and I was like, how am I going to stay awake? Ooh. Yeah. Until- I think that's one of my biggest problems. And my wife is kind of like this, although not to the degree that I am. Yeah. Like I am not a good sleeper just yeah. in general. Mm. Like once I get to sleep, I'm usually OK. But it takes me at least a good 30 minutes to fall asleep. Ooh. Really? Pretty much every night. Yeah. And sometimes longer. I feel like if I try to go to bed at, say, like 10 or something like that, mm. I'm just going to lay there. I have tried it before and I literally just lay there until midnight (laughs) before I fall asleep, which is like the worst feeling in the world to me. So I'm like, I could be doing something useful instead of staring at the ceiling, wishing I was asleep. And so then it removes the motivation for me to go to sleep earlier, Mm. even though I know I need to probably try to shift things forward a little bit. So I'm not quite sure how to tackle this, but maybe something like that. I just, I don't want to take like Unisom or like NyQuil like every single night or something like that to help me sleep, you know? Yeah, that's fair. There are a bunch of different kinds of tea you can try. I know that one. And there's also some that you can just get at like Walmart that are there's one. Okay. So one time a friend gave me some of this tea and she didn't really tell me what it was. It's called Sleepy Time Extra. Extra. It has like whatever you're talking about, the Valerian stuff in it, but like an extra dose of it, I guess. And and when she gave it to me, I was like a few minutes later, I was like, oh, my goodness, what is in this tea you gave me? Mm, So it was good stuff. So it might be worth trying a couple of those different kinds. Yeah, maybe I'd have to try something. I've also read that like having a full on like bedtime routine. Oh, yeah. An hour before you like go to bed, you're like no screens or anything. Yeah. You kind of like wind down with tea, hot shower, jammies, and then like you're you're out by the end of Reading. that hour. So like yeah. we've actually kind of done like a slowly wind down, like from ten to eleven, we kinda of like pump the brakes and mm-hmm. like say, like, all right, we'll probably watch an episode of the office, kind of get our you know, shorts on, then go to bed. And you don't feel like you have a hard time like starting that at like 10 o'clock or something. No, it's mostly like any routine that you start. Like initially it's pretty annoying, but Mm -hmm. once we kind of got into that zone, you kind of just do it on autopilot. And before Mm -hmm. you know it, you've brushed your teeth, drank your tea and you're in bed. I think trying to start a routine at a certain point that's significantly earlier than the actual point we go to bed is probably something that would help a lot. Yeah. Because what ends up happening for us is like, if I want to, go to bed at 11.45 or something. It's usually like 11.35. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like (laughs) I'm trying to like cram some like work or like different things into like, you know, right up before I go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not helping my mind shut off. Yeah. And if you rush it like that, it can be like a little bit stressful. Like I never do that. If I that's true. If I get to that point where like it's time to start the routine, I like hard stop and I'm like, okay, we're done. We Mm -hmm. need about an hour to kind of cool down. Cause I'm like you, like if I go straight to bed from an activity, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there chilling for like 30 Mm. minutes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Bedtime routine and tea. Got it. You got this. It is my turn for Overrated today, where we mercilessly roast everyone's favorite nouns. Yes. (laughs) Today, let's talk about the wedding industry, you guys. Ah. (sighs) All right, Kara, roast it. All right. (laughs) Go in. (laughs) Here's the thing. We are getting married in about, oh gosh, it's like 52 days now or something. Yeah. And... (sighs) 
from the beginning, we've been saying we want to do this simply, really, because at the end of the day, it's just about being together. It's more about the marriage than about the wedding. Right. This is what it's about. So let's just do it simply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be great. We've got this, you know, smaller budget, but it's fine. We don't need all the things. But then even with this goal in mind, I get on Pinterest. <laughs> oh, I no. just not even Pinterest. I'm using the knot for some wedding planning stuff. Mm-hmm. There's this long list of things that they have curated. Like right. here's all the things you need to be doing yeah. leading up to your wedding. And I've honestly deleted like half the things on the list because there are things on there. I'm like, nobody needs to do that. Maybe not. No. Yeah. No, nobody needs to be doing that. <laughs> right, right. And there's things that like you think are fine. And then all of a sudden, because I read it on a website and I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing that thing. Uh, I need to go out and buy an entire new line of skincare because <laughs> my skin is horrible and right. I need new you makeup. You want your skin to be perfect what? on your perfect day. It's got to yeah. be perfect. Cause that's guys. what everyone's going to be so I gotta, judging you for. So I got to start two months or three months before my wedding with a new skincare routine. I got to get some new facials. I got to go exfoliate. I don't even know how to do that. I got to, I suddenly feel like I don't know how to do my own makeup anymore because it's my wedding and obviously it needs to be perfect. And I've been doing it for 30 years, but no, but I, wrong. I, I'm right. wrong. Yeah. I've been doing it wrong this entire time and I can't screw it up on my wedding. Uh-huh. And so then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I probably need to pay for that because it needs to be perfect. Right. I probably need to hire somebody to do this and this and this all these Mm. things that I was like I'm gonna do it simply so it's really annoying just saying and even when you decide to do things simply anything that has the word wedding tagged onto it costs like three times as much (laughs) just gonna say wedding upcharge yeah yeah. it's so annoying so I, I just we're trying to do it simply we're actually doing really good but there are these moments where I'm like I feel extra stressed I'm like what am I doing I don't need to be stressed about this like I know how to do my makeup I have skincare stuff. It's one day. It's going to be fine. And our lives are going to move on. We're going to be happy. We're going to have great pictures. Like I just hate how they get in your head and make you think that you need things that you really don't. The products and services surrounding a wedding, like (sighs) Brie and I noticed when we were starting like the planning process, I'll give all credit. She planned it, but she was telling me about how like every service that you could possibly think of around an event, Mm -hmm. there is someone who's willing to do that for weddings at like an 80% upcharge. Exactly. There's like wedding flower cutters, napkin yes. folders who are like for $85, you can have perfect napkins. Exactly. Like, there is not a service provided that doesn't exist for weddings. It's so true. Insane. And I feel like we're doing really good, honestly. And at the same time, everything feels extra stressful because you're like, well, are we doing it right? And then it's like, who decides? Everyone, like, yeah. everyone pitches their service as like the thing that's going to tie it all together. Exactly. And yeah. if you don't have this thing, right. like your day won't be special. Yeah. And I'm like, bullcrap. Crap. Like, come on, people. <laughs> That's right. Get it. Tell him, Kara. <laughs> I was actually in a wedding very recently, yeah. and I couldn't help but think, and I get, like, I'm kind of probably cynical about this now because I've been married for over <laughs> yeah. 10 years, so mine yeah. is long in the past, and that makes it easier to kind of be judgy <laughs> yeah. about the wedding yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I, I recognize that. But I was in this wedding. It was the first one I had been in in a while, and, like, the whole day, all I could think about was, like, why mm-hmm. did we do all this yeah. stuff? Right. Like, it, yeah. it was kind of just, I don't know. It was weird. Even like we're taking these like pictures and we took, you know, I don't know how many pictures of all the wedding party and stuff. And it got me thinking, I was like, 
when was the last time I looked at the picture of my wedding party for my <laughs> wedding? Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I looked at it and was really excited when we first got the pictures back a couple yes. months after the wedding. Yeah. And then from that point, it's like maybe every five years. Right. Yeah. And now I'm convinced that like the only reason really we take those pictures is so that 20 years later, you can look back and be like, huh, look at what we ha! wore yeah. in the wedding. That looks so stupid. Why <laughs> yeah. would we wear that? Exactly. Like, I'm not saying that people shouldn't do those things or something. And it was a great wedding, the wedding that I was at. There's nothing wrong with any of the stuff we did. Right. But it's just you get so caught up in all that stuff in that yes. day. And later on, it's just yeah. it's just not that big of a deal. You yeah. know, That's, it's hard to keep that perspective. It is hard because it just gets so wrapped up. In it. And I think the thing that I'm figuring out is, like you say, just figure out the things that are most important to you. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. your fiance. Go after like, those things. Because, th- yeah, don't just do it because, well, this is just what people do. Right. We're having cookies and cheese at our reception. Right. And some people would be like, what? You're not having a meal? And we're like, no, we're having some cookies and cheese and it's going to be yeah. fun. And so go after the things that are most important to you and don't let everybody else tell you, like, your day is not going to be special That's if right. you don't have this and this and this. Now it's time for Mad Lib the News. This is another new segment for our podcast. This is the news, but now with 200% more fun. Yes. And it's really true. Yeah. I had so much fun with this in episode one. <laughs> yes. I cannot wait to see what you're bringing today, oh, Isaac. Okay. I'm exciting. really excited. I have my news story prepped, but what I need from you guys are a couple of things. So first, I need two nouns. It can be one from both of you guys. Pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> you were like ready for that. I knew it. <laughs> Okay. Um, tire. Tire. I don't know. I just try to not think. That's my strategy. That's your strategy? Uh, I'm for most things down. in life. But. Yeah. Pineapple. All right. Now give me a plural noun. Uh, I'm going to try to let you take this one because I keep thinking of food ooh. items. Okay. <laughs> Foxes. Oh, good. Nice. All right. Now I, need... All I, could think, I was like, tacos. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Are you hungry? Apparently. During the lunch hours. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Now I need an adjective. Harry. No, wait. Did we no, use we that last time? last time? We used it last week, but it oh, would be man, great. We went to Harry again. Let's. Uh... Fluffy? Fluffy, yeah. It's close to Harry. I like Fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy's a cute one. That's yeah. a cute adjective. I love that like when you're playing this game, it's always like the things that are nearest you. Like I'm just looking out the windows yeah. and I'm like, what's what's what I was know. fluffy? Did you see yeah. something fluffy? Yeah. Actually I looked at that tree over there and it's I was like fluffy kind of a tree. fluffy tree. <laughs> It's not. I was going to shake it up a little bit. I need a proper noun from you guys. Like a place or a a person or a name. It can be be like a, it can be a place, but I need like a proper Mm. noun, like a name of something. Wilford Brimley. What? (laughs) What in the world? Do you know who that is? No. He's the guy that used to do the diabetes commercials. Oh, okay. Do you remember him? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Why is he the first? Diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, give me one more proper noun, another name. Oh, no. I'll let Kara take this one. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Give me another adjective. Shiny. All right. One more adjective, and we should be good. Terrible. Oh, this is going to fit in nice. I like it. Okay, I think we're ready. So through the magic of editing, I'm going to make sure I have all of these in, and then we're going to come back with our Mad Lib news story broadcast. All right, here we go. This is the Mad Lib news story. We have edited in our nouns, proper nouns, adjectives, and everything in here. Here we go. I'm going to get my Ron Burgundy voice on. (laughs) Hello, this is Ron Burgundy with Podcast News. <laughs> Apple is holding a live event on September 12th at 10 a.m. at the Steve Jobs Theater in Cupertino, California. And speculation is rampant about their next pineapple. Whether or not, whether or not an Apple tire update is coming. <laughs> and all other Apple news rumors are coming up too. 
Within hours of Apple's big event announced, the new site revealed two new foxes were to be <laughs> unveiled, coming with a 5.8 and 6.5 inch fluffy displays. <laughs> okay, I, I want a fox with a fluffy display. Me too. The new Apple tire will reportedly named Wilford Brimley. Yay! <laughs> the new Wilford Brimley will likely have a faster chip than Mount Rushmore. <laughs> It will. <laughs> Wilford Brimley will boast a shiny camera and a terrible battery. <laughs> true. So true. true. It is going to boast a terrible battery. <laughs> this has been Real FM's Mad Lib the News. Thanks for listening. <laughs> It is time to jump into this thing and get this conversation rolling. We're talking about movies today, both movies that people need to see and some that, you know, maybe everyone's been seeing, but the three of us just don't really understand. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's get this going. Anson, what's a movie that you think is a beautiful film (laughs) that everyone needs to see? Well, okay. well, you're really setting this up here and I'm not sure if I'm going to live up to that billing. Here's the film that I've been thinking about since we decided that we were going to do this episode. Yes. Clue, oh, a 1985 okay. right. American right. mystery comedy. Yes. Okay. Have either of you guys seen this movie? I have not seen Clue. I haven't either. Okay. No. Go see Clue. <laughs> but I have to warn you about a couple of things first. Okay. I looked up this movie on Rotten Tomatoes and it did not get a good score. <laughs> really? I was looking through some of the critic reviews of the movie Clue. Mm -hmm. Here's just a couple of examples of this. You will leave it with one conviction. Stick with the board game. It's it's not the least bit scary or suspenseful, but it quickly grows tedious. Oh, wow. Or the more you struggle to keep track of the constantly multiplying plot developments, the harder it gets to care who did it. Gosh, dang. Ouch. So basically, critics hated this movie. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why they're all wrong. Okay. <laughs> all right. Bring it. Clue is based on the board game yes. Clue. Yes, yes. Which I yeah. assume both of you have played the board game. Of yes. course. At some point or another, Colonel right? Colonel Mustard with the lead pipe in the kitchen. It's always Mustard. He's a shifty guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, see, you got to watch the movie and find out. <laughs> So basically, the plot follows the outline of the game. So you have six strangers who are invited to a dinner party at this uh, kind of secluded house out in the country. They're met by the butler, Wadsworth, who gives them each a pseudonym. There's Professor Plum and Peacock and Mustard and Green and all of the names that you actually have in the board game, right? Uh And during dinner, a seventh guest, uh, Mr. Body, arrives and very shortly afterwards, He is murdered. And so the rest of the movie is all of the guests trying to figure out who did it, with what, and Uh, where. All right. Just like the board game, right? Now, Clue is absolutely 100% a comedy. Okay. Okay. It's ridiculous. It's a screwball (laughs) comedy, even, I would call it. All right. And it's not surprising to me that critics did not appreciate this movie. Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of, like, double entendres. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a poop joke in there. (laughs) Sure. It's like, I mean, it's it's rather, like, puerile humor. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just really love puerile humor. (laughs) The Roger Ebert's of the world turn their nose up. Exactly. (laughs) And that doesn't surprise me. The funny thing is, when it came out in the 80s, it was basically basically a flop. It it did a few million dollars. All of the critics hated it. Nobody really liked it. But in the 30 years since, it's become this like cult hit, basically. So you have a lot of like younger, like millennials and stuff who really maybe grew up with the board game and really, really love this movie. One of the things that they actually do at the end of the movie, there's actually three different endings. Oh, wow. Kind of in keeping with like Clue and how it could be anyone who did it anywhere. They actually explain at the end why three different endings are 
are all plausible wow, based okay. on the evidence that you've seen. Jeez. But it's just one of those <laughs> movies where like if you've seen it, like there's these certain like scenes and lines that are just notorious now. Uh, okay. Notoriously hilarious. All right. You got to be in the right mood to watch it, though. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know if there's other like screwball comedies like this that you've seen, especially like yeah, 80s comedies. Yeah. Yeah. The 80s like, ones are the worst. There's <laughs> something magical about yeah, 80s weirdness yeah. that comes the, out. The worst yeah. slash best. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you have to be in the right mood to yeah. appreciate it. So yes. if you're feeling a little bit silly or something like that, yes. or you're with a group of like fun people, that's probably the best environment to watch this movie in. Okay. Like if you're just sitting down, you're like, I'm bored. I'm not really in a good mood. I just want to watch a movie. Like yeah. you're probably going to watch it and be like, what is happening? <laughs> what right. is going on here? Right. But if you're awesome. wanting something funny, I highly recommend seeing this at least once. It has a cult following for a reason. Yeah. yeah. There's some really great lines. Yes. I think the connection to the board game yeah. is something that helps it out a lot. Yes. Because everyone is familiar with yeah. those characters, even yes. if they are just little like plastic people. Right. Exactly. And so seeing them kind of come to life and this kind of real life portrayal of this yeah. board game that you've played, mm. there is a certain element to that that's fun that gives you a connection to it that you might not otherwise have. All right. So cool. One final note. I did not know this, but apparently Fox is actually planning on a remake what? of the movie Clue as well. Oh my goodness. Apparently in January, they announced that Ryan Reynolds what? is going to star <laughs> in a live action remake of Clue with the writers for Deadpool oh. and its sequel <laughs> as the script writers. I feel like that is going to be an amazing train wreck. That's promising. I don't know when that's coming out, but I feel like I, I'm usually not big on like the remakes of yeah. old classics. Yeah. yeah, I feel like with Ryan Reynolds, yeah. it actually could be pretty hilarious. All right. Sounds so promising. you may need to go watch the classic clue yeah. before the remake comes out. Kara, do you have a movie that you're absolutely just into that people need to see? I do, and I'm very excited about it, remembering all the reasons I love it so much. So the movie is called About Time. Oh. It is a British rom-com, essentially. Okay. It was kind of a random one that a friend and I stumbled onto one night when we were hanging out. We're like, let's watch a movie scrolling through the Roku, you know, and we're like, oh, I haven't really heard anything about this movie. Looks kind of cute. Maybe we should watch it. Yeah. We watch it. And we get to the end of the movie and we were both like, why have I not heard of this movie? Where has it been like all my life? This is a great movie. It's not a new movie. It's like a few years old, at least maybe six or seven years old. Sure. The concept of the movie is there is a 21 year old guy, Tim Lake. The actor is the same guy that plays in Harry Potter, Bill Weasley yeah. for Harry Potter fans. Okay. Yeah. He discovers that he can travel in time, that all the men in his family have been able to do this, oh. but they only travel back in time in their own history, their own timeline. That's the only place they can go and affect decisions from their own life. He discovers this, decides he's going to use his newfound powers to get a girlfriend. He ends up finding a sweet girl. They fall in love. And it's basically about their life together and okay. his adventures in time travel. So many things I love. I love the cast. There's tons of famous British actors and actresses in it. I love the story. The music is amazing. And the dialogue is incredible. You'll be sitting there and there'll be this hilarious British gag. And then you kind of turn the corner and all of a sudden you're like, what just happened? All right. There's some depth. So to me, it's a movie that really taps into the beauty of doing life with the people you love. The perfect and the not so perfect moments. There's a whole scene about the husband helping his wife choose which dress to wear. And then he kind of loses his mind when she picks the first one she tried on. And there were like 15 more. And she's like, the first one was boring and lumpy, but it wasn't actually boring and lumpy. He says, 
Then the next minute you turn the corner and you're watching this family like walk through cancer together. Oh my gosh. And there's like tears and there's these sweet speeches and deep profound thoughts about the meaning of life. And (laughs) oh my gosh, one of my favorite parts, we were talking about the wedding and all the imperfect stuff, you know, is they have an outdoor reception that gets completely destroyed and like rained out. But at the end of the day, the guy asks his bride, you know, do you wish we had picked a less wet day? Because he's like, I can go back, you know, in his mind, I can go back and change it. And she's like, no, not for the world. This was perfect. Mm. And so lots of moments about the beauty of doing life together, even if imperfectly. We're all traveling through time together every day of our lives. All we can do is do our best to relish this remarkable ride. And that, I would say, is kind of the, mm. the point yeah. of the whole movie. But I've learned not everybody feels the same way about this movie. And it makes me very sad. <laughs> oh, So I actually brought it to a gathering I had with both of your wives, actually. And I was very excited oh, no. about this to oh, share no. this golden, no. wonderful favorite thing of mine. And mm. <laughs> I was like so convinced they were going to love it. Mm. And we sit down and watch this movie. I'm like, all right, this is a great movie, you guys. Uh. And we start moving through it. And at first I'm like, yeah, OK, this is fun. And we get like halfway through the movie and Isaac Bree, your wife was like angry with me. I thought she was going to unfriend me in real life. Like she has this look on her face that she's just furious. And I was like, what's happening? I don't understand the stress of the like time travel situation. Not knowing what was going to happen was stressing her out. And then there were lots of emotions about cancer and all kinds of things. My wife hates to feel. Yeah. (laughs) That's not like a, that's not an indictment on her. Like as a person, she just, (laughs) she doesn't like movies where she, feels anything oh, for a character oh, and you feel all the things yeah. in this movie and that's like my my favorite <laughs> so we like got to the end of this and they were just like i don't uh, okay yeah. and i was like oh no i'm sorry i didn't know this was a thing but i love this movie i will give this one disclaimer if you're gonna watch this i think a lot of people should but it's not the most family-friendly movie mm. it makes me so sad it's actually rated r for some sexual content and some language and i know for some that disqualifies the movie and that's okay for me there's enough other redemptive pieces that still make yeah. it a really underrated beautiful film but everyone totally has to decide for themselves and if you don't like to feel you probably shouldn't watch this movie (laughs) (laughs) right on noted so my movie is actually a documentary i'll start this by saying i hate documentaries normally (laughs) when people get excited about like the new planet earth specials and stuff yes i'm like dude this is gonna put me to sleep this is like dramamine in video form for me like it just makes me pass out (laughs) but i had heard really good things about this movie made in 2016 called eagle huntress so i'll read a little bit of the description for it but i will start with my own recommendation for this movie i would say this is one of the best movies ever made flat out okay so this is a story about a girl named aishal pan she is a 13 year old girl who trains to become the first female in 12 generations of her Kazakh family to become an eagle hunter and rises to the pinnacle of a tradition that has been handed down from father and son for centuries. While there are many Kazakh eagle hunters who vehemently reject the idea of any female taking part in their ancient tradition, Aishalpan's father believes that a girl can do anything a boy can as long as she's determined. Wow. Painting you this picture. (laughs) A nomadic tribe of people who live in this yurt in the middle of the mountains and their family has this eagle. It's like a 20-pound full-on 
bird of prey. Wow. Right? The entire movie is centered around the bond between this animal and her. Oh my gosh. And what they do is they find these baby eagles. They take them into their family. But then after a certain time is up, they release the eagle back into the wild. Oh, wow. It's been trained to hunt. So it's like still a hunter. It can sustain itself. Yeah. But there are these beautiful scenes where this little 13 year old girl is like painting her nails next to this (gasps) insanely like scary looking bird. (laughs) Like she's a tiny little girl. And this is a bird that's like a quarter of her size, just like perched like, what's up? <laughs> and Protecting, it, is, yeah. it is incredible. Her and the eagle become like best friends. She has these awesome calls that she does to communicate with the eagle. The movie talks about how their bond strengthens the more the bird learns her voice mm. and then the faster it listens to her commands. And she does this cool call where it's like, chica, chica, <laughs> as the bird is like flying down to swoop up a fox. Wow. And it's just one of these girl power movies that doesn't come with like this almost angry message it's just hey this is this really cool relationship between a father who's going way against the cultural norms Mm. training up his daughter in something that she's clearly super passionate about wow the film is narrated by daisy ridley from star wars it's cool just the coolest story that i think a lot of people are sleeping on because it's a documentary it's rated g it's just the coolest most beautiful film it's shot in like 4k in like the mountains of kazakhstan wow it is wild it is way wild. So where can you find this? You can find it on Amazon Prime. You can rent oh, it. Um, I've bought it because yeah. I love this movie so much. Wow. Um, I make the noises frequently to my cat. <laughs> I have tried to get my cat, Hogarth, <laughs> to uh, get a toy by going, <laughs> and he just looks at me like I'm a maniac because uh, I am. That's awesome. But you will gasp, you will laugh, and you will weep like oh. a blubbering four-year-old because it's amazing i'm so there for that eagle huntress so we've all covered very different genres Mm -hmm. movies that we think we all need to see so we now have some movies to add to our list awesome so now we're going to switch gears and go the opposite direction (laughs) and make some people's mad (laughs) anson's really looking forward to that part of the podcast absolutely (laughs) and so what's your movie i know i'm going to get hate mail for this (laughs) Because I have personal friends who are going to (laughs) be appalled with me that I would say that these movies are overrated. Oh, no. Okay. But here we go. The Lord of the Rings (gasps) trilogy. Oh, my gosh. Who are you? Is overrated. How are we friends right now? (laughs) Dude. All right. So I got you guys on with this, too. Okay. Defend yourself. All right. (laughs) Here's the deal. I have read the Lord of the Rings books, so I'm familiar with the story in a pretty intimate way. Like I I read them when I was in high school. I read them again when the movies came out. And I understand why the story is so revered. I understand why Tolkien is revered, specifically focusing on the movies, though. Okay, when the movies came out, I remember watching Fellowship of the Ring and having two simultaneous thoughts. Number one was, wow, this is really epic. Okay, which is probably the thought a lot of people have when they watch the movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really epic. Number two, this is exceedingly boring. (sighs) Guys, the movies are so long. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, (laughs) but just being beautiful does not make a good movie. (sighs) Like the movie gets so bogged down in like its beautiful vistas and the big battle (sighs) scenes and all this stuff. It gets worse too, like as the series goes along. It gets worse. It It does. As you get later into (sighs) the movies. You have to spend 10 plus hours to watch all three things like they are some of the worst paced movies that I have ever seen. I get the story is cool. The battles are cool. The 
monsters are cool. There's a lot of things in them, uh, but when you look at them individually, they're really great. Like uh, the choreography of certain scenes or the kind of complexity of the the story itself, which a lot of people who are big fans of the books have mm-hmm. certain beefs that they would pick with the sure. movies because they move things around in certain ways. Or, yeah. But honestly, I think the, the biggest problem in terms of an adaptation with the movies is that at times they take things that are in the books and they relay them into the movie, but not in a way that's very like creative or, mm-hmm. or useful. Uh-huh. It's just like this thing was in the book. And so we've got to kind of shoehorn it into the movie somehow, yeah. even when it doesn't really make sense to. I've literally only seen oh. each of the movies maybe two or three times because I have a hard time getting through them. Wow. That is wild. So, okay, I recently watched. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a second to yeah, fight me over this because you guys so, both sound very upset. I have, <laughs> I recently watched all of them in a day. Wow. And this, Which I will is admit, insane. it that's took a, a Saturday. Like it was, that's a commitment. It was our Saturday. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. We took many breaks because I will say, like, these movies are probably like in their own genre of what you like. You said epic. So I would say if you're comparing Lord of the Rings as like an action adventure movie to like, say, like a Jack Reacher or something, like an, a tight, hour 30 movie mm-hmm. is a completely different animal compared mm-hmm. to true mm-hmm. three and a half hour like this Saga. movie like <laughs> sets up the characters it sets up the scenes where it shows them walking so when something dramatic does happen you have sort of been on that journey with them borderline in real time Yeah, because you're so bored but no. out of your <laughs> no. mind because no. they've just no. been walking just for like an hour I think like oh might. good something's gonna happen besides walking like yeah <laughs> i feel like you might have a beef with the whole genre of the epic oh maybe not so much Fair. Lord of the Rings. What yeah. other movies fit into that genre? Avatar, Titanic. Oh, anything that's, that's true. super long, very much like you get involved. In. Avatar was overrated too. Okay, see, <laughs> ah, you do. It's a genre think, thing. No, but I Avatar. I mean, even people who liked Avatar at the time don't yeah. like it anymore. What are your thoughts on like Ben Hur, Gladiator? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Gladiator, and okay. Ben Hur's okay too. Like, yeah. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with them. Okay, no. you might just hate Lord of the Rings. It might just be like the <laughs> fact that it's like the trilogy too. I mean, so you have you're talking about like yeah. 10 hours of screen time yeah. like to get through the story yeah people wow. and i'm just like i don't know i just find it to be highly inefficient storytelling okay i think that like the story is there <laughs> underneath it the pacing is so it's so slow i'm not gonna it's try so to slow. convince you that you're wrong i'll just be praying for you yeah. <laughs> That's all I can do. Seems like a good note to end on. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to dive into mine and probably make some people mad too. My movie that I think is overrated is The Dark Knight. Ooh. I know. Ah. Okay. I'm upset. Okay. I know. I know. Here we go. Me mad. I know. I know. Here we go. So, to be fair, I've only seen this one time. I think I was in college. I went to see it with my dad, and my dad and I often would go see movies like this, fun, like you know, superhero action movies. I got done with that movie and was like, I am not here for this. <laughs> I, I really just had an issue with like the darkness was too dark in the entire movie. And I know that's Batman and that's how it is and everything. Yeah. Maybe I'm just have a beef with Batman, like we're saying. But the darkness was so overpowering that I left that movie feeling like dark. Like yeah. there's mm. too much darkness. The dark side was always one step ahead. I realize that's the whole point and why probably everybody loves it is because it's turning the normal superhero yeah. like thing right. on its head where they're always one step ahead. And this time the darkness was always one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Plus, can I just say Joker, like creepiest villain of all time? Yeah, because he- there was no motivation besides just like I, d- I just do it because I can yeah. like. 
So that's like the scariest kind of villain there can be because you can't reason with them. You can't. But scariest villain of all like of all time would be seen as a pro. I know for some people. But for me, I was like, just too much for you. I mean, mean, would you like stated like going in of like my dad and I like to watch fun superhero movies? Yeah, that that's probably not a movie that would slot into that. I have an anecdotal thing about Dark Knight when it came out. Kind Uh of how you said you left the movie in a funk. Yeah. Um, I dated someone that left that movie like on its midnight premiere uh-huh. and the movie theater that they were in was across the street from like a residential neighborhood. Yes. And this is crazy. Like a house was on fire <gasps> in that neighborhood next oh. to the movie theater. And my girlfriend at the time told me like it didn't register to her like that that house was actually on fire <gasps> because she left in such a funk of like the world is crazy. Like she right. left that The world movie. is burning. Yeah. See? <laughs> she, like, she left that cinematic yes. universe and and like a real house is on fire. It just seemed like normal almost. And that, <laughs> she did like it didn't even click to her. Right. And she remembers like her friends freaking out. She was like, what? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> like there's a house burning, which is crazy. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh, it's yeah. so true. See, like, okay, I kind of can understand where you're coming from on just Batman as a character. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I've never really connected to Batman yeah. a lot. Like except Lego Batman. And you, you have both <laughs> of your parents who weren't murdered. That's true. <laughs> there is kind of an element of like superhero taking himself too seriously kind of like element that I don't love about Batman and I get it's supposed to be like dark and gritty and personal and all of this you know stuff (laughs) that seriously Lego Batman does such a great job of lampooning all of that yeah there's something about it's hard for me to look at someone dressed up as a bat Yeah. Like and then yeah. take himself like so serious, you know. Like that's yeah. true. I don't know. Like I, that's yeah. what made Lego Batman so funny. Exactly. Yeah. This is kind of yeah. recognition that all right, <laughs> yes, this like grown man billionaire yeah. who dresses up as a bat to like fight crime in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. The Nolan universe, like the DC universe, has set itself up to kind of be like that gritty alternative to like the, right. the Marvel lightheartedness. True. true. And I think that like it can be good, but it's definitely for a certain audience. Like mm. it's not. It's not like a summer thing for ever, the whole family to go see. That's I do sure. think The Dark Knight was probably one of the most successful movies sure. in oh, yeah. that vein, though. Yeah. Execution-wise, I think it's superb. It's definitely going to alienate everyone who like mm-hmm. is there to see like a fun superhero movie. Well, and now with all of the Marvel movies that yeah. have come out since then, yeah. like, I mean... Yeah. They've kind of almost set this expectation for what a superhero yeah. movie looks like That's now. That's very true. All right, so my movie is going to hopefully wrestle some jimmies because everyone's all excited about... I don't get it. <laughs> so, Christopher Robin. Oh. Ah. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. So all it's right. probably good because I probably would have. <laughs> yeah, so really, like, my beef is both with Christopher Robin and then also just the live-action remakes of our childhood movies in general. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. One of the things that I don't enjoy about the Christopher Robin movie is that they actually ignore the real story of Christopher Robin. And now he he was like emotionally exploited growing up because Aww. he was Christopher Robin. That was inspiring the, uh-huh. the true yeah. stories. He actually like learned boxing as a child because he was so sick of people. Oh, wow. Calling him like a softy <laughs> okay. for being Christopher Robin. So like, the wow. legacy that he's tied to, like, totally tormented <laughs> him like his whole Christopher life. Christopher Nolan Robin. Like. Yeah, like, there's actually this incredibly dark, real story. Wow. And I think Christopher Robin is Batman. <laughs> wow. And I think that for them to make a movie, like, the real person, Christopher Robin, um. played by Ewan McGregor, is like, it, it just kind of <laughs> takes this whole real story and kind of spits on it a little bit. And it's just like, oh, he's this fun guy. He loved it. And then uh. he did it at all. 
And another narrative that this movie pushes is like, oh, as adults, we've forgotten how to play and we've forgotten how to have fun and we've forgotten how to imagine. Yeah, like we could probably loosen up a little bit, but don't make me feel guilty for paying bills. Like I'm here trying to hold it down. Yeah. And you're like, you don't play enough. I'm like, I don't have time to play enough. Just go play with your teddy bear, Isaac. You mean you don't climb trees? Yeah. No, I have a job. (laughs) Quit making... I don't know. I want something else other than just feeling bad. And this movie made me feel bad. Kara and I are probably going to have a hard time debating this one right. much yeah, since we haven't seen it. it. But I want to hear more about what you said about just live action remakes in general. Oh. Yeah. Because Disney is really on this train oh, lately. On that trip right I don't now. know how many of these they've done already. A lot. Beauty and the Beast. What yeah. else? Cinderella. Um, mm-hmm. Cinderella. Um, Pete's Dragon. Right. Jungle Book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what's your take on those in general? My take on those is it's literally just like a kind of reformatting this familiar story that makes us feel something just so basic. Like it's just, Oh, jungle book is teaching us how we can have friends in unlikely places. (laughs) And the beauty and the beast was literally just kind of copy pasted the same story with uh, yeah. Emma Watson in it. Because it's a perfect story. And no, and Emma no Watson. it is not a perfect Super story. Problematic. That is a creepy story. It's a creepy story. True. And I, but it's also a classic. <laughs> See, we forgive its creepiness because it's classic. That's, that's, that's what I think. What that's I'm getting true. to. It's like just this shorthand for making an audience go, oh, I remember being right. a kid. And then that's it. It's like, yeah, okay, no, it's more money. than No, I will argue I with know. you about that one. We had some good conversations about Beauty and the Beast when it came out. It is a beautiful movie. There's some redemptive stuff in I there. I disagree. That story, though, it is creepy, is it not? Like, sure, it's I creepy, mean, but there's a lot of redemptive stuff in it's there like anyway. Bestiality and like, no, like Stockholm on. Syndrome it's and Stockholm like Syndrome bestiality. And I don't. I think that making a live action version of it, like from a technical creepy. perspective, I guess, is impressive, but. The movie didn't offer me anything extra from what I remember as a kid. And even did you kid, like the movie as a kid, though? No. So okay, I mean, see, yeah. right? So it's yeah. never going to do anything. Maybe for the you, problem right? is that like, yeah, like it's these movies that I didn't like anyway. Okay. That just kind of yeah. keep coming up. Right. And, I mean, nostalgia is so huge in our culture currently. Like, sure. we're craving those types of connections, and they're cashing in on it. If you don't like the movie. You're not going to like the remake because it right. does it doesn't really offer anything new, yeah. like, right, right. at least not to an extent that's going to like change your mind about yeah. the movie. No. Whereas if you did have a connection to it like you did, Kara, I, did. I think all of these live action remakes, they're just kind of channeling that. Oh, don't you remember feeling like this? And yeah, yes. no, you can and it was win. awesome. <laughs> All right, now it is time for our On Repeats this week, and mine is OK by Peabod and Hall. So Peabod is a new artist on the scene. We are playing this song on Real FM. It's the first single by him that we've played on Real FM. He's joined by Holland, who obviously we know and love. But Peabod is kind of an interesting guy. He's uh, a rapper. He's a white dude. And Mm -hmm. he is uh, what I would label kind of a happy rapper. Yes. He's got a very unique sound. And a lot of his songs are really fun and kind of like borderline comedic in nature (laughs) kind of almost this like bubblegum rap if there is such a thing yes it's very like friendly and happy sounding 
which makes this song all the more interesting because this song is about being sad, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of an interesting angle for a guy whose sound is so happy. Yeah. And even in this song, he, he kind of sounds happy. It's it's <laughs> I, I don't know, like it's not a downbeat, like melancholy song per se, oh, yeah. but it is certainly toned back compared to a lot of his other stuff. But I really like this song and connect to it, I think, because I really connect to melancholy and sadness. It's something that I'm perfectly fine spending some time in and it's something that I don't think there's really like a ton of music about at least like modern like pop music mm-hmm. I don't know that sadness is really a topic mm-hmm. that we spend a lot of time exploring and so he does that in this song in some really interesting ways he talks about getting existential about his heart beating and he says sometimes being human isn't easy and sometimes it's okay to tune the world out with a tv Why is it that some days a sad song hits the spot and any happy lovey-dovey poppy song does not? It reminds me that joy and happiness cannot be bought. And then the hook from Holland, sometimes the world's just a little too much, so you play a sad song to cheer yourself up and tell yourself that you are okay. There's something about that that I just kind of connect to. And like when I'm in those moments or I'm in those days where I'm feeling sad, it's okay to sit in that. But it's also good to remind yourself like, I'm going to be, okay. I'm going to get, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make yeah. it yeah. through this. Like, so it's not only that being sad is okay as a result of like dealing with my sadness, like yeah. I'm yeah. going to be okay. Yes. Right? And dealing with my sadness is part of how I'm going to do that. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Acknowledging it instead of pushing it down and trying to ignore it and make yourself instantly feel happy. Right. The way, the way out is through. Exactly. So yeah. the way that I'm going to get to okay in yeah. the title of the song is not by throwing on a lovey dovey poppy song yes. and yeah. trying to cheer myself up that way. Yeah. It's by sitting in it, being okay with it yes. and finding my way through it. This week I get to talk about the beta testers on repeat and their favorite song this week is Fight For Me by Gavi. Fight for me when I don't know what I believe. Why does everybody leave? Show me what it's like to dream. Hey, go you the best. Uh, hey, say with the chest. Uh, I gotta say, I have to agree with the uh, beta testers yes, on this one this good week. Good choice, beta testers. Such a good song. In fact, ever since I saw that this was their uh, top pick for the week, it's been kind of stuck in my head. I've been singing it everywhere I go, and it's come on multiple times, and every time it comes on, I turn the volume up. Mm. Um, I was reading some of the notes about why Gavi wrote this song, and he said that he actually wrote it from a frustrated place with um, kind of the music industry that wasn't supporting or understanding the Christian music industry, wasn't supporting him in the music style that he loved. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, it seems like there's all these rules and I feel really stuck. But as I kept writing, I realized that this song was bigger than just my frustrations. Everyone is fighting for something they believe in or fighting to survive. He said, we're fighting for relationships. We're, we're fighting for dreams and fighting for the kingdom. And we all need someone to fight for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets me every time I listen to it is the chorus. I need you to fight for me when I don't know what I believe. Why does everybody leave? Show me what it's like to dream. Those words are so powerful to me because I know what it feels like to be in a season where you're like, I don't have the strength to fight right now Mm. and I need you to do it for me. And I've had people surround me and do that. And it's so powerful when they do. I am talking this week about the beta testers on delete. This is the song that you're not exactly vibing on this week. And it happens to be letting go by verses and heights.
will say, this is a remix of a song. So this is the mm-hmm. Heights remix of the Versus song, Letting Go. And you know what? I'm going to side with our beta testers this yeah? week. Yeah? I'm going to say not that... Not feeling it, huh? The song is getting a little familiar for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's not for the lyrical content. The uh, chorus is really cool. It's, here we are with a heart wide open. I'm trusting you alone with all that I have in my life. I'm finally letting go. Now, I'm hearing that. And I'm thinking, that's a cool worship song. I think what might be wearing a little bit hard on some of our listeners right now is that uh, the remix of the song kind of has that like dancey EDM vibe to mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. And I think that as we get familiar with those, sometimes that can be a little too familiar. Like we get kind of, okay, that's that drop that we hear. <laughs> like We hear that so many times. And I think that I'm kind of with my beta testers on this. Mm. I think that I might be hearing it about enough to where I can maybe hear it less, maybe hear something new from Versus or something like that. Versus is an <laughs> interesting group. Their name, Versus, basically hints at what they do, which oh. is take scripture and turn it into song. Yeah. Something that I think think we talk about like artists needing to do something new and be creative and like they're kind of going back to kind of what Christian music was originally basically yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a cool concept Heights is a new guy that uh, is doing remixes and and dance beats and stuff Mm -hmm. and it probably comes down to how big of an EDM fan you are I feel like Mm -hmm. for this song like as an EDM guy myself I kind of like it I I think the drop is really fun yeah but if you're not I could see how maybe it could wear on you Mm -hmm. yeah and I I think that from Anson, when you and I have talked about music, we kind of have that, like, we kind of meet at that middle ground where, like, you will have these EDM songs where, like, you're super stoked about them. Yeah. And I get stoked hearing it for the first, like, maybe even, like, 25, 50 times. Mm. <laughs> hearing it again, like, the familiarity with it, maybe I'm just not naturally an EDM kind of person. So yeah. Sometimes I got to take a break from it. Then come back. <laughs> Fair enough. I guarantee right. you I will probably like this song again in, like, two months. I'll <laughs> just keep my little, you know, EDM playlist to myself. Oh, no, I like it too. Share with me. No, no, keep it going. We got enough, we got enough EDM people. It's true. Guys, do we feel good about wrestling all of the jimmies and making people <laughs> upset about movies? Well, we've got a good couple of movies now that are all on our list that we need yes. to see, right? Yes. None of us had seen the recommendations of any other that's persons. True. Yeah. So. Just don't watch the one that I recommended with your wives. because okay. Sorry, that's already... Yeah. And if you're not wanting to take up a new hobby, don't watch Eagle Hunter. <laughs> you're going to want to buy an eagle. <laughs> listening to the real talk podcast from real fm catch real talk with anson and kara from 4 to 7 p.m live every weekday on real fm radio the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of john brown university klrc radio or real fm